Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, Entrepreneurial Innovations That Changed Everything. I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Gil Alush. He is the founder and CEO of Metadata.io. Gil, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you for saying yes. Um, We are going to be talking about the tipping point of success for your company. But before we get into it, go ahead and tell us your story. Tell us uh, how you what what your company does, how it began, how you got into it. Okay, so the story. Um, I'm a software engineer originally from Israel. Came here about 13 years ago with the idea of starting a company. I went through my MBA in Boston. Um, that's why I, I did my graduate school. And I spent about 10 years after that running marketing for three B2B software companies. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was in marketing, but I was a software engineer. And so I had to figure out uh, how how can I build, you know, demand? How could I can build pipeline for sales in those companies? And in every one of those companies, I found a recurring pattern. And the pattern was that B2B marketing is very technical, data-driven world. It's not uh, it's not like Mad Men, Don Draper, that comes like, with a cool idea you know, and goes through a few slides and sells like a $10 million contract to Marvel Alliance. Like in B2B, it's like your customer is like Zoom video. And they want to make sure that you build, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of pipelines so that they can close all those enterprise deals. Um, it's very different demand. And it's uh, and what I found out is that the human marketer or the team is the biggest bottleneck to making it work. And so mm, interesting. the reason I built... Yes. And so it worked out for my career, though. I mean, it worked out for me because you need today, if you're a B2B company, you need a quant, even a B2C company, you need teams of quantitative folks that can run campaigns for you. They can segment data. They can do attribution to tell you what works, what doesn't work. And my premise for metadata was that you can take out outside of the formula. You don't actually have to hire a person like me or like Guillaume Caban or like uh, Adam Goyet or Nima Asrari. There are many well-known good quantitative marketers who made their career because of it. But you don't actually have to have us, especially not hire us to do the technical repetitive mundane tasks. That can be outsourced to a computer. And once the computer does all the calculation for you and set up all the campaigns for you and checks that they're working well and buys the data and does the attribution, then you can focus on things that humans are better at, like creative strategy and content. So that was the premise for for the company, a good AI that takes people outside of the boring, repetitive, mundane tasks. Yeah. Um, What are some unique ways that you approach your market? So we approach our market in an experimental way. So being a software engineer and not knowing marketing prior to doing marketing, I didn't really know what's going to work, what not. 
you may have like a better intuition to like the type of campaigns that work with your custom audience. I didn't. And so the way we we attack the market, approach the market and talk to the market is by experiment, experimental nature. We release maybe 50, 100, 300 experiments to the market. We, we release this message with this creative, with this offer on this channel, and then we try 299 others. And based on what catches, we start going that way. And we try to make all of our decisions based on that. We make our sales decisions based on that. We make our marketing decision. We see what messages work, which don't, and then we change our positioning based on that. Even the roadmap, uh, we release a few features in an MVP model. We see how they're being used, or we go and we go to our customer advisory board and we, you know, we experiment with them, we get the feedback, and then we go and make a big bet. So experimentation has been the, the method. Can you give me any examples of big changes, big decisions, big realizations that you've made from experimentation? Yeah, definitely. Um, for example, we this year uh, in January, we removed our self-service tier from, from our offering. And the main reason for that is because after experimenting with many different kinds of profiles of companies and personas, we've learned who is our ideal customer profile as metadata. We learned that companies that are mid-market and above are best fit, companies that are using sophisticated and, and best of class kind of software. So like the Salesforce for CRMs and the outreach for, outbound, for outbound and sales cadence and Marketo or HubSpot or Pardot or Eloqua for marketing automation. And so we learned by experimenting with a lot of cohorts, who we, what, what is the kind of customer that not only buys from us, but upsells and does really well and become a, an advocate in a case study. And so we flipped now and made, made sure that we are focusing only on that cohort now. We're bleeding sometimes to the right or to the left if there is a special unique use case. But really, that is now the, the decision. And it cost us at first because we had to basically say no to existing as well as net new that were coming. But it was worth it because fast forward a year later, you can see that it's much more solid cohort of customers. Nice. What would you say was the tipping point of success for your company? What tipped you guys? Go back in time to a time when you felt like you were banging your head against the wall. Adaptation. Being able to adapt uh, has been for us, you're saying tipping point. I, it's, I almost want to say tipping points because it happened more than once yes. that we almost died. And then we changed and course corrected and, and grew. Like it Tell me about year. a couple of times that you almost died. <laughs> I'll tell you about this year. So this year, um, in you know, seeing everything that's happening outside, big economical impact, customers are cutting budgets. Um, we were supposed to get some funding, it prolonged and prolonged. And we got to a place where I wasn't sure if I can, you know, pay the next payroll. Can I, you know, how many months do I have to, to push here? And, you know, it's not unique to, to me. Entrepreneurs face this, this um, is part of the journey. Yeah. But uh, the tipping point is when you take a breather and you take your team and together we're able to all make it a big decision. We, did, we cut our burn significantly. Uh, very significant. We did it by, you know, cutting our own salaries, but also converting commissions into. We did a, a few things that the team really showed, uh, you know, a, a solid, a solid action together. A lot of camaraderie, and we we made changes in marketing. We're talking about this experimentation. We were able to cut our, our marketing spend by two thirds and achieve about six extra results because we adapted 
quickly. We completely stopped what everything that we did before because it was not working in the new reality, and we changed. We did. What were some things you were spending money on that you cut? For example, events. Um, for example, um, doing any kind of activity that didn't lead us to 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 pipeline. You know, any yeah. activity that didn't either expand existing. Uh, customers and helped us retain and, and expand or get net new of the right customers to come in. Uh, we really focus on that. But it was more than focusing on it is one thing, but allowing for yourself to change. Like, let's, let's say I hired you tomorrow as a VP of marketing. And I told you, look, you have, you're going to have a $40,000 budget every month to spend on ads. And that's how you're going to create demand. And then I told you the next day after you hired, look, I'm sorry, this thing called it happened. And so I have an excuse now. And now our budget has been cut because we didn't get as much funding and you have $15,000 to spend every month on ads. But I still need you to generate the same results. And so you now have to figure out how you're not going to do something completely different with the 15000 that you have left to try to, seek the, 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 to, to achieve the same result. Because if you're just trying to do the same thing with a third of the amount, you maybe will get to a third of the results if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gil, what do you hope that listeners who are entrepreneurs would take away from your story of success? Um, you know, I think one of the most important uh, thing to remember is to be uh, agile and to adapt. When things happen that you are not sure how to react to, it could be something external like uh, economical impact, people working from home, people stopping to spend money on marketing, or it could be something internal, you know, something is, you know, your your funding got cut but, or or you have an issue with one of your customers, you have to be able to um, take a step back and really think about the situation, uh, not from a place of fear, not from a place of survival, not thinking, oh no, like the economic impact is going to ruin my company. I'm just going to take a, you know, take a step back and not really do anything uh, and, and follow what others are doing. Instead, as an entrepreneur, you're being expected and it's your job to face it and say, no, I'm going to get in front of it and I'm going to understand ahead of everyone else, what does, that, what does this mean? Uh, you know, what's the best step forward? And then go back to your team and tell them everything that you've learned. And then together you make, uh, take a big action forward. That's been proven at least for, for me to, to work really well. And also you don't carry all the load on your shoulders. You're, you have the entire team with you. Love it. How can listeners connect with you? Uh, email is best. Uh, Gil at metadata.io. Happy to chat with, uh, with fellow entrepreneurs always. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.